but yeah, like there are a lot of I'll give them credit, like pretty dedicated Washington fans in the greater Washington area that know only too well how dysfunctional that franchise is, and it's not gonna get. It could get a little better, but there's mm-hmm. a pretty low ceiling that is Dan Snyder. And until Dan Snyder leaves, there's never really going to seriously compete for a Super Bowl. That's just, I think, been proven over the last 20 years. Yeah, not, not, yep. not a huge uh, Dan Snyder fan. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was my question because you were way more knowledgeable about this topic than I have. I really haven't done reading about um, the Red Sox and Astros scandals, other than just to know that you know there's just huge scandal over the yeah. Astros and there were allegations against the Red Sox, but it seems like the public outcry over them has been much much less severe. And my thought was, well, it's probably because what they did was a lot less severe than what yeah. the Astros did. Yeah, the the main issue is that the real time effect of it in the game, because the thing that's going on with the Red Sox, it, it, it there's no like pitch to pitch sort of communication going on. There was mm-hmm. some. Basically, it seems like they made some like tweaks to what they to the information that they already had going into the game, and the information they had when going into a game was completely legal. Um, legal. Legal. Yeah, yeah. allowed because um, they have access to video. Like while you're not right. in the middle of a game, you have access to game footage from all the other teams. Right. Um, it was like in the middle of a game, they would like go back and make some tweaks to what they thought the other team was doing mm-hmm. and then come back out and like change the approach of the batters or whatever, which would only be relayed to a batter if someone else is on second base. Mm-hmm. And even with that being the case, they're like probably wrong. And most of the information they had was something that was legal anyway. Right. Um, and it wasn't the thing. So what you had in Houston is pitch by pitch, um, communication of like this is the next pitch that is coming to you right now mm. um which is i think a completely different scenario with Definitely. the whole trash can thing yeah. yeah um so it makes sense i yeah. yeah i think MLB did a good job with this i think they did um i may note which i'll probably cut this later but that i think they did about as good of a job as you could expect with houston i know mm-hmm. uh, rob manfred went under like a lot of fire for um the lack of any sort of punishment to the players. Right. But in order for any of this to have occurred, he kind of necessarily had to grant immunity to the players. Um, likewise, firing literally everybody. Like, I, I think there was maybe some room for more punishment to ownership, mm-hmm. but, like, you can't just kick literally everybody out of the organization. Um, I think that would be too guess, much. Yeah, if you wanted to yeah. keep being an organization. So you give it a death penalty? Yeah. Um so, yeah. Well, well that's thanks. that. I learned a lot. Anyway, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, is so it even the Chick Fil A Beach Bowl? Is it just the Peach Bowl? It I has to be the Chick Fil A Beach Bowl. Yeah. Um, great. So, SpongeBob. <laughs> it's probably not the next line, but I recognize that's yeah, SpongeBob. Yeah. Um, first thing you look at is, um, I'm gonna start over in that. So. I totally forgot what I was going to say. You brought something else. I was like, oh, yeah, I have to mention this, oh. but I uh, forget what it was. Um, About the one and done rule coming from the NBA? Yeah, shoot, what was it? Um, I had a really good point. I was like, oh, yeah, I can see this. Um, <laughs> I'm like taking advantage of 
things that can be edited out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, do. not a big deal. Um, anyway, oh well. Oh, duh. Where it was the yeah. one season with, I think it was the Anthony Davis season or whatever. Yeah. Um, where, like, the day after the NCAA tournament, the NCAA championship, which they won, I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah. he, he, like, shows up and there's a press conference and all five starters, who were all freshmen, maybe one of them was a sophomore, um, show up and he's, like, joking around. And he's like, oh, like, this guy, he's, he declared for the draft. Like, oh, this is, like, all five of their starting lineup declared for the NBA draft. Right. And then he has a whole new starting lineup showing up. Like, yeah. he, he no longer... Like, he coaches throughout one season mm-hmm. and then says goodbye to those players. Right. And then brings in a whole fresh batch of people. Right. And, like, recruiting is... I mean, recruiting is already more or less by far the most important thing. Recruiting is already super important to college basketball. Mm-hmm. When that's the level you're doing it on with all yeah. these one-done players, that's, that's what it is. Right. Like, you have four months to teach these people as much as you can about basketball and then they're gone. Right. Um, compared to three years, three, four years. Mm-hmm. First of all, like, you know, I'm su- super biased, huge WV fan. Mm-hmm. If Bob Huggins could, I think he would, you know, recruit somebody like that. In fact, he coached Michael Beasley at Kansas State for one year. Yeah. Um, they were both one dunks there. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> I don't know, see what I did there. But, um, sorry, Kansas State. <laughs> Uh, apparently Kansas State like really hated Bob Huggins maybe they still do like, for a while for, yeah. for leaving them which I can't blame um, yeah. but I'm glad they got um, apart from you know like Wood Bass and Lena Bass or not Lena yeah. or whatever they used but the idea being the that DH. right completely apart from the uniforms uh, fun fact that's Emeka Okafor who made his way oh my god Emeka Okafor yeah I remember having I had a basketball oh, card of Emeka Okafor when he was Drafted by the Charlotte Bobcats. Yes, I I that. And I was like, oh, dude, Mech Okafor, he's going to be, like, amazing. Um, and I was, like, super excited. I asked Dad about him, like, a bunch of times. Like, his name is, like, stuck in my brain for forever. I was like, nice. oh, dude, Mech Okafor, remember when he was, like, a thing? Because oh, it was, like, his rookie card or whatever, because yeah. he just got drafted. Was he the first overall pick? No, I don't think so, because I think that, according to my trivia question, um, which I heard in another podcast on CBS Sports, that it was, uh, what's his name, Kenya Martin was the last senior to go number one overall. And Mecca Okafor is a good guess, but I think he wasn't number one overall. Gotcha. But he was pretty high. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to fact check, fact check that after the after the podcast. Yeah, interesting. Um, also, I'll totally cut all of this. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he... I remember when he won the national championship at Connecticut the same year the women won with Diana Taurasi there, and that was a big thing. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Okay. It, it's interesting to note how many um, former, like, players that were good in the NBA that have, like, kind of been washed up in the NBA but can still play in the D-League, uh-huh. uh, play in the D-League, which apparently, I've heard people say, like, this is the second best league in, in the world. But, okay, so the uniforms. Um, there were a lot of others in there. Oh, my goodness. I, I love looking at these G-League, like, promotional nights. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, Corn Night uh-huh. was was a big one. There were a lot of good corn uniforms. If, all these Nickelodeon nights, like Power Rangers, all these crazy ones. Uh-huh. Um, but I will put this, I had to show this picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know this is like cheating. This is not my number one. I had to decide between these two and I decided this one. Yeah. But a close second was um, this, this bonus runner up round where the Northern <laughs> Arizona Suns were the rodeo clowns for rodeo clown night. Um, so obviously a really terrible uniform for a lot of the same reasons. And I won't, you know, really um, break down this one. Uh-huh. But I just had to show this picture because that's amazing. Do you recognize it? Do you recognize them? Oh, is that Dex Miles? Yeah. That's oh, Dex my Miles God. Got to play as a rodeo clown. 
for the Northern Arizona Suns. Oh, poor Dax. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Dax. Yeah, I was like, wait, this is Dax Jamal. Let's look at the <laughs> roster. And sure enough, he played, and this was like last season, he played uh-huh. for the Radio Clowns. I don't know if he's still on their roster, but yeah, they apparently made the whole season. Oh, too. my God. So I, I will say, this checkerboard reminds me, I saw a similar uniform for, I forget what team it was. Uh-huh. It was Grateful Dead Night. And oh it was boy. a much smaller checkerboard, but they had all was the, it all like, just like Jerry Garcia? Uh, no, they had like the bears, like the teddy bears. Oh, uh-huh. And just some other like random stereotypical Grateful Dead stuff in uh-huh. all these squares. And it was like, uh, whereas these are, you know, kind of muted, it was like all these bright colors. You know, like, oh, red, green, boy. <laughs> yeah. Pretty insane. Pretty insane. <laughs>